dedicated to each and every one of you who appreciate a great glass of wine. You know what I mean? It's Monday. Let's raise a glass to the beginning of another week. It's time to unscrew, uncork, or saber a bottle. And let's begin exploring the wine glass. Today, we return to Weinfabet Street where the letter of the day is Z and it stands for Zweigelt. It is unbelievable to me that we are wrapping up season two. 52 months, that's over four years we have been sharing this wine education program. I hope you have enjoyed them and we look forward to season three. We are closing the season on an incredible interview with Christina Artner-Netzel. Her family-run winery specializes in the production of Zweigelt. And I would like to give a very special shout-out to Trink Magazine for providing the introduction. While you are listening, take a moment to rate and review Exploring the Wine Glass. Ratings are now available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Audible. Taking one minute of your time is the only way the algorithms will suggest exploring the wine glass to others. And since you're enjoying the podcast, other wine lovers will too. Whether you are or aren't familiar with Zweigelt, this is the episode for you. We learn about the grape from experts and the conversation was fantastic. Blanche. Hey everybody, I'm Lori Budd, a UC Davis winemaking program, someday service, champagne specialist, and WSET level 2 graduate. You can find Exploring the Wine Glass on all the socials, as well as your favorite podcast catchers. If you haven't subscribed yet, now's the perfect time to swipe, subscribe, rate, and review. I promise I'll never tell you what to drink, but I'll always share what's in my glass. We are live. Hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Winefabet Street. It is hard to believe that we have been doing this for 52 months because today we are on the letter Z of the second season and we have Zweigelt for you today. And not only do we have Zweigelt, but we are talking Austria today. And I am so thrilled. So uh, we have Christina Artner Netzel, which I'm hoping I'm saying correctly. All right. All right. Perfect. With us. Um, and she is from the Netzel uh, Winery in Austria. And we are going to be getting down and dirty with Zweigelt today. So for those of you who do not know me, I am Lori. I am your co-host. I am a UC Davis winemaking graduate. I am a WSET level two special uh, graduate, champagne specialist, Cote de Rhone specialist. And I, my husband and I own Dracaena Wines in Paso Robles, where we specialize in Cabernet Franc. And my co-host with the mostest is Deb Giaquindo. Hi, everybody. And we're coming to you from all three, three different time zones too. My yes, dad. we are. Morning, <laughs> afternoon, and evening. So I'm Debbie Giaquindo. I am known as the Hudson Valley wine uh, wine goddess. I am a wine blogger, wine writer. Um, I'm a certified specialist of wine, a wine location specialist in port and champagne. And most recently, um, a wine, uh, sherry, what is it? Wine, sherry, 
certified special certified sherry wine specialist i had to there you go (laughs) (laughs) i'm also author of tapping the hudson valley day trips and weekend itineraries to visit the hudson valley wine region and i am co i'm a partner in a restaurant in north wildwood new jersey called trio north wildwood we're set to reopen for the season april 1st so i think that's about it for me (laughs) i can't take on any more things And I'm co-host of Wife of that Street. So I, I want to really welcome Christina. I'm so we're, we are so excited to have you on the show and I'm so excited to learn more about Zweigelt. Am I pronouncing that right? Perfect, yes. Okay. Um, Christina, just tell us a little bit, you know, about you, how you got into wine, um, if you came from a wine growing family, what was your like aha wine moment? Um, yeah, first of all, thank you for the invitation. It's so great to be part of this today. Um, I'm Christina Adnanetsi, uh, as you perfectly uh, introduced me. <laughs> and I'm running a family winery together with my parents in uh, the very eastern part of Austria. Um, so we are actually on the border to Hungary, Slovakia, so the very end of Austria, uh, where mainly red wine is grown. And I grew up in this uh, winery or farm uh, and uh, always wanted to be or wanted to get a winemaker or a wine farmer. Actually, it was uh, one of my most uh, or biggest dreams as a kid. So I finally uh, made it and <laughs> now I'm here. <laughs> running the winery together with my parents and it's so great to be part of the time today because it's our main great variety and we are really yeah we are really focusing on, on the target wines because these are the most typical uh wines and typical grape variety we are growing here well we're excited and before we get into it i have to give a huge shout out to trink magazine because they were the ones who actually got us connected so thank you to them and before we clink, we have to bring Elmo on. Now for the fun part, we have two Zweigelts with us today, thanks to Christina. So here are our two, and it is um, Rita Heidecker uh, Zweigelt and Ruben Carnuntum Zweigelt. Uh, and this one, the Reed Heidecker, is actually a 2016 and the Carnantum, hopefully I'm saying these correctly, is 2019. So, Christina, which one should we start off with to start the conversation? Uh, we are starting with the Rubin Carnantum. Okay. Uh, which is most typical wine for the region. So it uh, really shows the typicity of Zweigelt and our origin, which is called Carnantum. <laughs> oh, all right. Okay. Oh, it nice. Yeah. This is my first time tasting Zweigelt from Austria. Yes. 
Mine too. So did you ever have any other twang from other mm. origins? Mm. Uh, yeah. Actually, recently I had a Finger Lakes, New York one. Ah. Oh, wow. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to have to ask you about this maybe later. I have this bottle I found in my cellar, a 2001. <laughs> Sip Musa. <laughs> that we just kind of forgot about that. Oh, I just this is beautiful. This is um very dark, dark uh, flavors, dark chocolate. Yeah, um, it's got a little bit of kind of um, dusty earth to it, um, like minerality. The tannins, tannins are are kind of there, um, but it's two thousand nineteen. There's, yeah. I love when I can drink at ten a.m. in the morning and not. Get I got a lot of plum. I got some plum right after. Dark, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Some, some really plummy fruit. Yeah. So we'll get into the wines a little bit um, more uh, later. Uh, so first of all, I on the website it says that wine is enjoyment and culture, and it's a way of life for you. So uh, has it always been that way? Wine enjoyment. How is that incorporated into the winery? Um. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Actually. Yes. So my my parents um, started with a mixed farm. Um, they started with uh, some, you know, agricultural lands, wheat, corn, sugar beets. Uh, they had pigs and uh, so real mixed farm and a little bit of wine. And they really focused on, on the wine production and they focused on high quality wines. They are really um, invested a lot into the wine production and for them it's always been really important to have um, so wine is not only uh, wine himself it's always part of um, part of culture part of feeling part of family or part of a meal and um, this is actually how the, the full idea behind our wines was developed to uh, show the origin, to show our culture, to show what is growing here, what is typical Kanutum, uh, what is typical for our region and uh, also the tradition we have in combination with the meals and the, the whole full life here in our region. Yeah. <laughs> That's wonderful. Yeah, <laughs> that is. So the winery, um, the way it, it says it on, on your website, Winery Franz and Christina Netzel, and then your wine label says Netzel. What is like, you know, how, sh how should people really look at the name of the winery? Uh, is it Netzel Winery or is yeah. it Winery Franz and Christina Netzel? <laughs> Yeah, Netzel, Netzel is our family name, so that's the name of the family, that's the name of the winery, but okay. as uh, in all small uh, countrysides, there are more families called Netzel, and this is why we have the first name, uh -huh. parents on the label too, <laughs> to have God. a significant, uh, yeah, um, yeah, to show who is the winemaker, actually. So Franz and Christina are my parents. And I'm Christina, a little bit complicated, I know, but uh, yeah, that's that's why the, the winery is named Franz and Christina. Mm -hmm. Got it, got it, got it. That that's that's really interesting. I never even would. She's Christina. Hi, Christina. <laughs> Very nice to meet you. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
And is, is Zweigelt, you had mentioned that a little bit before that Zweigelt is your specialty? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So more than 50% of our production is Zweigelt. Okay, and what other wines do you produce? Um, we have uh, one third of our production is still white wine. So Austria is known for white wines. Our region is located in the very eastern part. So we have lots of uh, climatically influenced from uh, Hungary and all the southeast parts of Europe. Uh, so we have warmer influences and this is why we are growing mainly red wines, but still one third of the production is white wine, like Grüne Wettliner, the most typical Austrian grape variety. Uh, but we do uh, Chardonnay, we do Pimon Blanc, Weißburgunder. All these varieties are very important for us. And then we have on the red side, uh, the main grape is Zweigelt. Um, we do some blends with international grape varieties like Merlot, Cabernet Sauvignon and Syrah. Uh, we have St. Laurent, which is the most traditional Austrian grape variety or the oldest, one of the oldest grape varieties we have here. So, uh, yeah, there is um, yeah more different grape varieties we are growing because the region itself is very hilly and you have so many different soils and uh, microclimates in the region uh, with a big forest and more exposed vineyards and this is how we are deciding which grapes or which varieties we are planting there. Uh, when it's a cooler place we prefer having the white wines there and when it's a warmer place we, we do the red wines. Awesome. And now, while we were stalking the website and checking you guys all out or whatever, I thought that it was really, really important that you said that as wine growers, we are allowed to accompany our vines, grapes, and wines, support and strengthen them as much as possible without wanting to change them. Uh, you take care of the fruit and the fruit takes care of you. And I, that is in one sentence, like the, to me, the perfect ideology of what makes a quality wine is that you're, you recognizing that it all comes from this fruit and you want to nurture it without dominating it. So is that what's in your thought process as you're making the wine? Yes, definitely. So as mentioned, we want to show our origin, the, the wine, is grown in the vineyards. It, this is the most important uh, influence on the, on the grapes and on the wine characteristic. And our yeah, absolute goal is to uh, show this origin and to show the characteristic and the typicity we are sourcing from our vineyards, uh, from our soil, and bring it to the to the bottle. Finally. <laughs> Uh, so we have a listener or a viewer, uh, Patricia, and she's saying that um, I love Zweigelt and I'm happy to meet a new producer to look for in her New York uh, market. So thank you for coming on. And we're excited to be able to introduce you to Patricia. <laughs> Patricia to Christine. Yes. <laughs> um, you had mentioned. On, on your website, you had mentioned that you've invested in a lot of sustainability and uh carbon neutral production. Um, do you feel, why do you feel that that is really important? Uh, yeah, we are actually, we are working certified organic. Um, uh, for us, it's uh, the most important thing is to keep uh, the soil and the plants and the wines in a, 
healthy um, condition and sustainability is is the, the biggest uh, goal or the most important factor in, in all farming aspects. You, you cannot um, how to say um, you, you, the, the soil or the ground you're working with is, is uh, the yeah, only capital. You have to use it for years and for ages, and this is why you have to take care of it. And um, if you if you do not do that, you will lose it, or you will um, at least change it quite a lot. And so, before we get into a little bit more location, because I think. I could be completely wrong, but I think the big difference between these two Zweigelts is the location of which you're getting the fruit from. So as we tie into the understanding of where you're located, um, can we tie that into how the Zweigelt is? So I, this, I just have to say it because I'm going to mangle it and I just think it's an awesome looking word. Gattelsprun? <laughs> oh, I wasn't that bad. I wasn't that far off. I wasn't that far off. Woohoo! Pat myself on the back there. Okay. And then you have we, the first wine we opened is the Carnuntum. And so I want, if you can repeat what that means, because like I thought it was an area. <laughs> it is an area, yes. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So too, yeah. <laughs> That's the region, yeah. So Rubinkanuntum actually is kind of, uh, of the brand of our region, showing the most typical regional wine, which is produced oh, here. Kanuntum okay. is the name of the wine growing region. It is one of the smallest regions in Austria. So in total, we just have 900 hectares of vineyards here in the region called Kanuntum. So it is really tiny, yes. <laughs> but wow. it is because uh, there's just a very small production of Kanuntum wines and um, the name comes actually comes from an ancient Roman city it was the uh, most southern uh, Roman city located directly on the border to the Germans on the Danube River and uh, it was one of the most important cities in the Roman Empire, in the Pannonian Roman Empire, to um, save the border. Um, the settled people there, it was like 70,000 inhabitants, which was very, very big in this time. It had the size of London at that time. And uh, it was a really important city for the Romans. But then they left. The, the or they lost the border to say and they left the whole city so uh the romans left the region uh the name stayed here we have the excavations of the roman empire it's a really interesting history here in in our region too and of course the romans enforced the wine production because for them it's always been really important to have good food and good wine with them and they tried to they tried to grow it here or they at least enforced the wine growing here and um, yeah so that's where the, where the name Kanuntum comes from it's actually an old uh, uh, Celt word uh, or Celts how do you say Celts or Celts I'm not sure. depending <laughs> on who you're talking to it's Celt but many people say Celt <laughs> okay um, so Karn means stone so we are the regions with the stones and they and they are just putting the roman ending untum on it so 
it, this is how, where the name was source, sourced from. Um, and the Rubinkanundum, to come back to the wine, is uh, showing the most typical wine of our region. So our most important grape variety is Zweigelt, uh, and this is really showing the most typical character of the wines here and with this brand we are a group of, of around 40 producers of 40 wineries um, everybody is producing a Rubin Kanuntum as, as the most important regional wine to show them the typicity of, of our origin so it's Zweigelt you have the Zweigelt fruit which is the very dark cherry but it is a fresh cherry fruit it's not too cooked or too jammy, there is always some freshness behind it. And there's lots of pepper and spice in the, on the palate at the ending, like white pepper, a little bit earthy notes, mm -hmm. like fresh leaves and so on. And it is a very um, fruit-driven grape variety, which you can uh, enjoy with so many different uh, food. So many different meals, it is a very, um, yeah, flexible wine to say. So you can pair it with many different dishes, which is which I really like and um, really enjoy. And you can produce different styles with the grape because um, it's uh, showing the soil conditions it's quite nice. Um, you can have uh, when you have a very nutritious soil, you get a little bit higher yields, and the wines are more food driven, lighter. You can even drink them a little bit chilled. It's something really enjoyable. The tannins are really soft and um, velvety on the palate. But when you have a special vineyard, maybe older wines, um, drier, leaner soils, and um, yeah, more more special climate, then the wines are getting more characterful, more powerful, more multi-layered and more complex and, and therefore more, more interesting. But if you want to, if, if you want to show the, the pictures I sent, because there sure. you can see the, the grape, I, I chose a few pictures uh, from the grape variety and the vineyard and um, just to give you an idea. What it like. Here we go. Okay. Just tell me when to flip can you it. See it. Yeah, can you see it already? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. that's the Zweig grape on the last picture. You see, it's quite a big grape, uh, quite a nice sponge. So you can have pretty high yields, uh, which means that you have to work very hard in the vineyard to get high qualities out of this grape variety. Otherwise, it wouldn't uh, be uh, that um, ripe or, and um, yeah. Um, fruit driven and juicy. And the next slide, uh, there's a vineyard, Zweigelt vineyard. Um, so the hand work is a very, or the most important part during the summer session for us. We do lots of green harvest, uh, we work with the leaves to get sunny and airy conditions in the grape zone, and, and of course, finally, the harvest by hand to have the control of every single bunch before bringing it to the cellar. Can you go to the next one? Yeah, here here you see the harvested grapes. So they are quite dark. Um, very yeah. typical. They're beautiful. <laughs> the, the very typical color of the Zweigelt wine is the purple color. So you always find, especially when it's a young Zweigelt wine, that the color is very deep, purpley red. And the next slide is, yeah, here you see the purple color again. So they are de-stamped here. We bring them to the tank. 
Um, you see the whole berries uh, for the yeah. fermentation. Right. Mm -hmm. The next one here is pressed. So again, very purple color, just to show you the color. Uh, there you go. <laughs> That's a nice picture, isn't it? <laughs> yes, I love it. That <laughs> So you can see the, the that's the real Zweigit color, actually. <laughs> so yeah. for those who are listening on the podcast, it's just a picture of somebody's hand that obviously has had their hand in the Zweigelt grapes as they were um, as they were being fermented, and it's just it's purple. It's, yes, purple. It hand. is an awesome, awesome shot. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's yeah, beautiful. And that's the the hillside. Uh, we are growing the wines, so you see it's a combination of very sunny exposed vineyards uh, with lots of forests surrounding them. So we have warmer impacts and cooler impacts in our region. This is why you can find the cooler stylistics in the wines sometimes and sometimes they are warmer and hotter and leaner. So depending on where they are or where the, where the vineyards are actually. Mm -hmm. can go on. Next one, yeah. In the cellar, we use big barrels and small barrels for the for the production of the of the Zweigit. Uh, and of course, it is um, uh, varies uh, due to the uh, characteristic of the wine. We finally want to bring to the bottles. And there's less oak in the in the Rubinkanuntum than in the single vineyard one. We will taste later. Yeah, we can go on. So the wine that we are drinking now, the 2019, how long did it stay in oak? 10 months. 10 months. And what is it neutral oak or is it, it uh, one or two years? It's not really toasted, but they're old barrels. So they are okay. seven years old. Uh, it's more, more important is the aging in the small vets. So there's a different um, uh, aging uh, in the smaller vats than in the bigger ones. This is why we're using them, but they are really old, so we don't want to have any hard influences coming from the oak to the wine. So here you can see the Rubin Canuntum again, as mentioned, the dark cherry and the white pepper aromas, which you can find in almost every Zweig. I think, um, yeah, it's uh, really the most important wine we are producing. That's the head. Wow. Wine. Yeah. Very which cool. used to be the entrance into the Roman city called Canuntum. Now it is in the middle of fields, as you can see. So the, the, the excavations and, and yeah, just parts left of the old Roman city, which is a very important historic, uh, yeah, or history behind the region. Thousand five hundred years older than America, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we are young, man. We are young. <laughs> Before we get into that one, can I just ask a question? The, the DOC Carnuntum is actually really young, right? Yeah. So it, it's yeah. just 2019 was when it became a, a DAC. So what it's so tiny with, and it, you said there were 900 hectares total? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. So there, and there's 40 wineries that are producing Zweigelt from that region. So lots of little blocks. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so it is, it is all very small structured. 
um, yeah, maybe you can finish the presentation. So okay, um, yeah. Then anyway, uh, that's the Kaidaka vineyard, the the vineyard of the last wine we are we are tasting then later. Um, okay. We can come back to Deb can come back yeah, to yeah, those I can come back to it when we talk to, when we talk about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yes, the DSE uh, system in Kanuntum was just developed um, three years ago. Um, we are very small structured. Yes, uh, there is no big winery in our region. There's no cooperative, so we are all small family-run wineries actually, which is uh, I think very good <laughs> so it is really unique uh, for our region this small structured um, wineries and, and productions um, we uh, the, you know the DSC system in Austria was just invented 15 years ago and it's a very young system to focus on origin and at the very beginning when they started they really wanted to focus on just one wine so one the, the style of one region should be shown through one single wine and we haven't been really happy about this because our region is um yeah is bringing so many different wine styles starting from white and red wines starting from the European Kanuntum, the fruit driven um lighter zweigel style to the single vineyard wines which are very complex and full-bodied so we we cannot show the full characteristic of our region just through one wine and this is why we tried to develop a system which is suitable for our region and we formed the pyramid of origin, like you know, from everywhere in the old world, uh, having studied regional wine, village wine, and the single vineyard wines on top. We even have certified Premier Cru vineyards since 2017 here, um, which are the most important vineyards, of course, in our region. And uh, we integrated our wines into this pyramid of origin, and this is now our DAC system here in the region and in Austria it is still in progress all the DSC systems so some things changed again the regions uh, some of the regions still didn't invent the DOC for them for their for the region and um, I think uh, we are now in a good way we just started it for the next generations of course it is um, not for me it is not for our generation it is done for the next generations because uh, it takes quite a long time to invent such new systems mm -hmm. in austria everybody is really keen on varieties they want to drink variety instead of origin which uh, is not the most important thing for us, and we try to change this now. And this is why we call the wine Rubin Kanuntum as our region, so Kanuntum, the region, and not the Zweigelt as the grape variety, because we think the origin is the most important uh, thing uh, of the of a wine. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, that really is. And and I like how you know I like the pyramid structure, the single vineyard um and everything it's it really you can identify what what's in your glass yeah here's my pyramid <laughs> <laughs> so we integrated the most important varieties into the pyramid of course it's zweigelt but we also allow blends where zweigelt is the base so in a blend uh, where at least two-thirds of the wine is zweigelt or blaufränkisch um, is still integrated into the pyramid so you can add some Merlot or some Syrah or some Sankt Laurent or whatever you like 
and and uh, blend it with the Zweigel, it's still Canuntum uh, wine. And, and the white wines too. So Grüner Berliner, Chardonnay and, and Weißbrunner. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's great. Um, so can we talk about Zweigel? Like, like yeah. the history, the parents, because it's a fairly, you know, new... Um, to us. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not a really well-known grape per se. And, you know, it's a cross between... Ralph Frankish and help me out. Lauren, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's my <laughs> Um, you know, just tell us a little bit about the history about it. And um yeah. you're right, it is a pretty young uh, variety actually. It was only crossed in nineteen twenty-two, so hundred years ago now. And uh, it is a crossing of Blaufränkisch and St. Laurent. The goal was to um to bring together the most or the best uh, characteristics of those two Austrian grape varieties. So the Blaufränkisch is a very um, characterful uh, wine, which is having uh, higher tannins, a good structure, nice acidity, but uh, there has always been some problems with the final ripening of uh, Blaufränkisch. St. Laurent, on the other hand, is early ripening, is more fruit-driven, um, it is, uh, so it is lighter to have a, a very ripe grape variety, however, the yield was very uh, versatile, so it was, you had, could have good yields and next year uh, very bad harvest. And they tried to bring together the best characteristic of those two grapes, having a stable quantity and stable yield. Uh, and um, an earlier ripening grape variety, which is fruit-driven and showing the spice of the Blaufränkisch too. Um, yeah, so in 1922, they finally found it, <laughs> they found the best, the best crossing, how to say. But um, it only got really important in the 70s, 1970s, so it uh, took, uh, yeah, 50 years to get the, the grape variety more popular. The, at the beginning, there have just been a few test vineyards. And there was uh, finally uh, Lenz Moser who was inventing a new system of uh, growing the wines higher on the wire system. So uh, then finally it worked out and the Zweig grape got really successful. So now it is, um, 40% of the full red wine production in Austria is Zweigelt, so almost half of the full red wine production in Austria. In total, of the total production in Austria, it's 14%, which is quite a lot too, because we are mainly white wine producing company, uh, country, as you know. So, Grüne um, Medina um, is absolutely the main grape variety, and the red wines are only grown in the very eastern part of Austria, on the border to Hungary and Slovakia. So um, it was quite a success finally because um, the grape variety did a very good job in, in many regions here in Austria. It is grown in, in every wine growing region now, um, some more intense and some less. Uh, but it is, um, yeah, it is showing the typicity of the regions, of the different regions quite well. That's awesome. So 
when we're when somebody tastes Weigelt, and I think if Debbie wants to maybe bring back the slides again, because I think it's a good okay. time to compare contrast between between your single vineyard and the conundrum. What like what can somebody generally think of, or what can they expect when they pick up a? And I don't want to use the word base, but like. You know, there's we know there's tiers. So entry level, maybe would you say an entry level Zweigelt? Yeah, yeah. an entry level mm -hmm. Zweigelt, and then what can they expect as they go up into the vineyards, the vineyard designated ones? What's the general characteristics? Um, yeah, so generally in the in the lower um, quality levels, it is uh, mainly fruit driven, easy drinking wine. Um, it is, although it is. Right, fully ripe normally. So you have uh, juicy aromatics uh, like the cherry, but uh, there is no greenish tannins or greenish aromatics, which is which you can have in uh, with other grape varieties, which are not completely ripening in Austria. Yeah, so zweigelt and ripening is not a big problem actually. However, it is a pretty light and easy drinking wine. It's a good food pairing wine. You can drink it chilled. You can drink it with pizza and pasta. You can have it with barbecue. You can have it with spicy uh, food because the, the tannins are pretty soft. So it is not, not really having a problem with spicy aromatics. Um, it is something you can enjoy, which is not too complicated to understand. Zweigelt is somehow everybody's darling. Uh, people like to drink it. It is a, it is a wine which is yeah, just enjoyable. Um, it is um, yeah, it has lot a big group of fans actually, the grape itself, and I think this is why it got so successful in, in Austria or got this big uh, part of the red wine production now in Austria. However, when you when you compare it to the single vineyard wines and uh, from the special vineyards, it's not not only uh, focusing on, on power, which means alcohol and so on. It, it focuses on on complexity, on more different layers you can find in the wine. The spicy aromas or the, the herbal aromas are getting more intense. You get the the older the wines are. The riper the grapes are when harvested, the more uh, peppery aromas you will get on the palate, the more leafy and earthy aromas you get. The fruit is turning into something darker. It's not a cherry, maybe it's some, some blueberry or blackberry, so it's uh, definitely darker. Berry, however, it is still a very fruit-driven grape variety. So um, when when having a Zweigelt, you will hardly ever have problems with uh, too high tannins or too tannic wines in the glass. Um, the wine itself or the grape variety itself is always showing a very fruit-driven characteristic, starting from the more uh, red, cherry fruit in the, in the lighter or in the easier quality levels to a darker, spicier um, more multi-layered fruit in the in the single vineyard wines and now a word from our sponsor dracina wines loves to give back there are so many fur babies that deserve to find their forever home we would love to be able to help as many as possible 
If you are part of a nonprofit organization or know of a nonprofit organization that would like to hold a fundraiser, please contact us at contact at dracinawines.com or visit our website, dracinawines.com, to fill out the form. How does the fundraiser work? It is super simple and costs your group absolutely nothing. Together, we will choose a month that your group will be sponsored. During the month, you promote the fundraiser just like any other event you'd hold. At the end of the month, we will donate 20% of the sales to your organization. The donations will be made in the name of each individual who purchased the wine so that you know exactly who helped the animals. Our goal is to raise as much funds as we possibly can and to help as many animals as possible. So please help us help as many fur babies as we possibly can. This is definitely has more spice, has more spice to it, the the single uh, vineyard. Yes. Already right, yes. Yes. I have to bring it. <laughs> yeah, the, the wines are older, so we are producing the Rubinhanutong from 15 years old vineyards. It is a blend of different vineyards, of course, and the soil is more nutritious. It is uh, the wines are or the vineyards are fostered by the soil, by good nutrition, by good water conditions all year long. So we we don't have any irrigation in any vineyard, uh, but this. Uh, vineyards are especially well deserved by all the by all the nutritions and water. Uh, however, the Hairaka vineyard is older, so it goes up to 35-40 years. The wines are much more concentrated, the yield is lower, naturally lower. The the vineyards and the wines, the plants are rooting much deeper getting more um, impact from the lower areas in the soil, which is, which is coming from, um, from sea sediments, from the ancient uh, Pannonian Sea, which flooded the region. So you have more chalky influences in the lower parts. Um, um, yeah, which is actually the main, the main part. So maybe some more minerality uh, aspects, like salty aspects on the back. The tannins are a little bit more uh, present compared to the European Canuntum. However, they are still very soft and not mm-hmm. too sharp or it is not, um, it's is never bringing uh, these very hard tannins you can get with other grape varieties. Uh, it's more uh, playing with the spicy aromas, having uh, like a pendant to the fruity stylistic I think it has a little more acidity to it also, which um, cuts down into that tannin because I don't think they're, I don't think they're overbearing at all. No. They're, they're lovely tans, but I think the single uh, vineyard has a bit more acidity to it. Um, And it is darker to me. It's darker fruit and a lot more um, spice. It's, it's, it's got more, more levels to to it. And I think it's more yeah. of an ele- it's more elegant in yeah. presentation and body than the 2019. Mm-hmm. Just my personal opinion yeah. on my palate. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now I don't know. I, I don't know um, if the, if you can answer this or whatever. If it's something that you've done, but uh, Armin, who is um, watching live and is in the chat. He is a uh, from Switzerland and a white glove sommelier. And he says that he is 
typically not a fan of hot wine, which I had to ask what that was. Yes, so did I. I was like, you mean an alcohol? And um, I'm thinking like not refrigerated. <laughs> yeah. um, but he said that he had one from uh, made with Zweigelt and it was really awesome. So is 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 that something that's popular? I, I don't, is, is malt wine or hot wine popular? And does Zweigelt like marry it well or can't answer that? Uh uh, you mean that it's uh, has warm aromatics, or what do you mean? Sorry, it's uh... yeah. No, we we had to ask too. Um, so we we call it mold wine here. Like it's warm. You heat the wine. Ah, you heat the wine and add some spices. Yeah, he called it wine brulee or mold wine. Um, ah. Oh wait, let's see if let's hold on. Armin, Armin, hold on one second. I think. I think you can talk now, Armin. Or maybe not. He raised his hand. I said, accept. Okay. okay. Yeah. No, yeah. Of course, you you can produce human uh, from it, but uh, you like it. We never do it actually. Okay. <laughs> So, I, um, I, well, he's saying he's not a fan of it either, but the Zweigelt, what he had was actually really good. So I, it's a compliment to the Zweigelt because he doesn't like the other ones. So, yeah. Oh, there, uh, he, oh, is. there he is. Uh, there he is. Oh, yeah. Hello. <laughs> that is amazing, the technique. Yeah. So, uh, actually, um i'm a big fan of austrian wines and i have also interviewed for super Yacht radio also um one of the very well-known wineries uh in austria I, actually you know them leo hillinger and um yeah so i was um always a fan of the red wines also but Grüner uh, Feldliner is, is top of the top. So, but uh, um, from Zweigelt this winter I had a malt wine, malt wine, uh, and it was made of Zweigelt. And normally I do not love this uh, wine brulee, but this was so great, and it was a little bit then cinnamon and uh, cloves into it, and it was really really great. And I think Zweigelt because of its uh, own structure, is a wine really perfect for the wine brulee. Okay. What do you so think? Can be. Her dad yeah, says no. Her dad goes <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I never tried it. <laughs> so I, I don't know if okay. I'm being poor, poorly saying this, but in my thought process is that mold wine it, it my palate doesn't like it um and it's kind of more for a lower level wine that's sorry to say mm. and i wouldn't waste this wine i would i wouldn't waste yeah. this wine in it it's got such beautiful spice to its own self that i wouldn't i you know i wouldn't want to do that to it actually uh i think it's a big mistake to make mold wine out of the the low quality wines so and because of that also the image of mold wine is not good but in case you have really a great wine uh, and then you can also have a good experience with the mold wine i would say 
All right. All right. So, well, I will say these are high quality wines, but I, I'm not wasting it in a mold yeah. wine. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll find a different wine. I'll find a different wine to try that in. But thank you, Arvin. Thank you. My, my big pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, <clears throat> So returning back, we, we talked about the flavor profiles. You're saying, I do think that that the spice and the pepper is much more prominent in the single vineyard. Now, is this the only single vineyard you produce or do you have uh, other single vineyard? I have, a, we have other single vineyards, but okay. this is the only one we produce 100% sliding. Oh, okay. So, awesome. So yeah. is, the, is the, the 2019 Carnundum, is that, 100% Zweigelt, or is there some other grapes in there? Yeah, the, the two wines you have, yeah. they're both 100% Zweigelt. Okay, great, mm -hmm. great. So I, I've got a, a question on the um, on aging, because like earlier in the program, I showed you a 2001 that Zweigelt that we found in our the, cellar. That the Debbie's Lost Cellar. <laughs> yes, it got lost in the cellar. Um, does Zweigelt age? This is the wine. It is... Mm -hmm. Shep Moser, is that the producer? Yes, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, does does it age? I have not tried it. I can grab my Corvin and pour it into a glass, but um, I have no idea. <laughs> right. So, is it can is it a wine that we typically can age, or is it more of a drink now? Um, it's depending on the on the quality or on the quality level of the wine. That's like the Grüner Verdina, you have so many different styles of Grüner Verdina, some of them to ensure very young and, and, and yeah, easy fruit driven, and some of them you can age, and it's the same with the Zweigelt. Um, I think, I don't know the wine, but I think you should drink it sooner than later. Now, yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, the, for example, the Rubinkanuntum we had before, I think it is great to enjoy it uh, two years after bottling, up to five, eight mm -hmm. years later. Um, but it is definitely a wine which can be drunk earlier and doesn't need too long rest in the bottle or too long uh, aging in the bottle. However, the Heidaka, where you had the 16, which is great actually, uh, which had a few years now in the bottle and um, it will develop, it will still develop for the next 10 years, definitely. So you can enjoy it definitely 10, 15 years later after bottling. So it is really depending on the on the quality which is behind the wines or on the idea of the wine production because some of the wines, they are produced to be early to drink and some of them are meant to be uh, long-lasting and ageable. How, how would you know when you would purchase this white gel? How would you know if it's a wine to drink now or within like the next two years or something that you want to stick in your cellar for maybe five years? And like us, me, forgot about it for 20, but... <laughs> Yeah, this is this brings me back to the pyramid of origin. So uh, uh -huh. the the regional wines are wines which are earlier to drink and easier to drink, and the single vineyard wines are the more characterful wines which are meant to to be or should be aged a little bit longer, and uh, which is good to give them time to say. Yeah, so it, it's the, that's the easiest part. Of course, you can inform on the website or maybe the states on the label or <laughs> or just buy multiple bottles and just keep tasting yeah. it. 
Yeah. That, that's actually what I, I suggest to people when they ask me when they go wine tasting places. I said, don't buy just one bottle. Buy two or three because you're going to go home and drink it. Then you're going to want it again seven months later and then maybe in a year or two years just to see how the wine matures and develops. You never know. <laughs> that's part of the fun. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's just a tip we can give. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. In in terms of of these two wines, um, you talked about the the soils and kind of the elevation and stuff, but I'm still kind of a little confused. Uh, is this this is outside of the Carnuntum DAC? Correct. Your single vineyard is outside of it. No, 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 no. It is. Oh, it's all within. It is still in there. It's just a single vineyard. So the wine okay. is uh, grown on in a single vineyard within okay. the Canuntum DSC. Yeah, it is in Canuntum, but it's a okay. it's a how say, the, the origin is smaller. The Canuntum is a blend of different sites of different vineyards, and the okay. is just produced on the vineyard Heidacke, called Heidacke. Got you. Okay. And then, do you do you own these vineyards? Or is it? Or are you sourcing the fruit from growers? Uh, no, we we own or rent it. So we okay. we produce it ourselves. We produce all the vineyards, so farm them ourselves, and uh, some of them we own and some of them are rented. Okay, cool. <laughs> so we we touched a little bit about the levels, um, and I can't pronounce them. <laughs> <laughs> can I try? Can I try? Can I try? Giebstwein, uh, Ortstwein, and Riedenwein. <laughs> I'm terrible. Okay. I got to try. I got to try. Gibbetswein, Ortstwein, and Riedenwein. Yeah. All right. You're good. You're good. You, would, you would know I've got German background. So, yeah. <laughs> Forget it. But, uh, yeah. you know. This is the region. It's the regional wine, Gibitzwein. Okay. So then what type of grape, the grapes that are grown in the regional wine or that are in a bottle and it's labeled that, are they from various vineyards throughout the region? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. In the whole Kanuntum region. Then the next step, you have the Ortswein, which is the village wine. So grapes... Okay in this wine are grown in this village, in the, in the vineyards of this village. So we have many different villages in the region, but the Ortswein is grown just, or uh, the, the grapes are sourced just from the vineyards uh, next to one village. And okay. then you have the single vineyard wine, the uh, Lagenwein is, Lage is the single vineyard, and there the grapes are sourced only from one single vineyard. And it's not a blend from various vineyards or different vineyards. It is just produced in this one specific vineyard. And therefore, the origin is getting smaller and smaller, you know. Okay. So uh, the higher you get, the, the smaller the origin is. And the more uh, precise the origin is. Because it is, uh, as the origin is smaller, it's showing more the typicity of this specific place. And would you say that the price would be higher as well 
of yeah, the you have, line coming yeah. from a single single vineyard as opposed coming from the villages as opposed from coming within the area. Yeah, definitely because the single vineyard wines are only produced from the best vineyards. So you're not producing a single vineyard wine from a medium quality vineyard to say yeah so you are picking your most important vineyards you're choosing your most important vineyards but you're focusing on these characteristics because they are bringing the most interesting wines and characteristics and and you produce them just by themselves you're not blending it with anything else because it is so special and so interesting itself and therefore it is of course one of the most important and best vineyards you have and normally the vineyards are older the work is more intense in these vineyards and um therefore they are more expensive yes <laughs> are you processing them the same are you yeah. when you're bringing them into the winery are, are they processed basically the same way also or are they completely separate because it's a special vineyard they are they are processed differently yes <laughs> so we we have uh, Actually, every single vineyard is produced in its own tank. And when the wine is ready, it is maybe blended or it stays uh, in a pure form, to say. Uh, um, but when we, when we produce the single vineyard wines, we work even more gentle. For example, we don't pump the wines or the, the grapes. We de-stem the berries, uh, but we don't pump them anymore. We just put them into the tanks with the forklift. So there's no damage of the skin or of the berries. They stay, they stay like uh, little round berries and they are not broken or damaged somehow. And um, this is, of course, more work. It is much slower than pumping. Uh, the fermentation lasts longer because when the berries stay full, there's no juice coming out or less juice coming out and it takes them longer to start fermentation. It is a slower and softer fermentation. Um, therefore, you need more time, of course. You need to check them at the beginning quite a lot. Um, but uh, due to this more gentle production, the wines um, are maybe more elegant or the tannin structure is more silky and, mm -hmm. and more elegant too. Our, um, yeah, go ahead, Laurie. Um, so sticking to these vineyard sites and how, how they grow on the vine, like, is it, you kind of touched upon it a little bit in terms of their age that they, you know, but as natural, are they naturally vigorous or do they tend to restrain themselves? How how do you train them? Like, what's your what's your trellis system for them? Uh, in term, uh, sorry, I, I didn't get it completely. <laughs> so my my first question is, you you talked about a little bit in terms of age, but Zweigelt as a as a whole, if you can lump them together, is it considered a vigorous grapevine or is it more of a restrained grapevine? Mm. Um, somewhere in the middle. I think. Somewhere in the middle. Okay. Okay. And yeah. then do you, how, what is your trellis system? How are you training them? Um, it's, I don't know the English word. It's not English. Setium system. Uh. 
So we have uh, we have around five to six thousand plants per hectare. Um, we uh, I don't know the name in English, so I'm explaining. Okay, it. sorry. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, what what is the name? What is the German counterpart? We we, we bind them. Um, we keep one shoot with six to eight um, butts, and um, oh, okay. We bind them to the wire. Um, okay. Vertical shoot? No. No, that's up. That's so up, it's yeah. cordon. It's cordon tree. Cordon. It's not cordon. No, that's a different nope. thing. No. That's Wait, cordon. they do that for sherry because then they leave a bud with two on the other side. And then the next year, I don't know if this is the same, and that the following year, that bud with two was the one that produces. And this the other one was is cut back to. Yeah, we, we keep one, one year shoot and bind it to the main wire. Yeah, but we have our education system. My father is he's trying to find out the name in English. Okay, <laughs> okay but that's fine. Explaining um, yeah. it is perfect for people listening yeah. and watching. So you're training it to the you're training it to the wire, and you're cutting it back to six buds. You said, yeah, six buds. Okay. There's one, just one should, uh, with the cordon system, you have an old um, base right. and short shoots, just two butts or, yeah, per shoot. And we just have the old stem. And on the stem, we keep one long shoot from six to maximum eight butts. And we bind the young shoot or the one-year-old shoot, which is bringing then the new um shoot uh so the butts when they're breaking bring the new shoots for the year it is not cordon and i have no idea what the english name is for that <laughs> i'm sorry okay but it's fine yeah explaining it was perfect yes yes <laughs> yeah um so we you were touched a little bit about you know a little uh, you know an oak and you have the larger oak vats and the smaller oak vats is is Zweigelt usually produced using oak? Is it new oak? Do is it usually neutral or a couple of year old oak? Um, is it stainless steel? Is some of it produced just with no oak as well? Yeah, uh, so this is up to the winemaker. There is some Zweigelt which is produced with no oak at all, just in okay. stainless steel to have this really fruit driven style. We age all of the wines in oak. We have big oak vats for the very traditional Zweigelt, uh, which is aged for six months in the big oak vats. Then we do the Rubin Canuntum, which you had in the small oaks, but uh, used ones, so they're pretty old. And the Heidacker is uh, aged half of it in new oak and half in used uh, oak. So here we use partly new oak. We never do 100% new oak, mm -hmm. but in all our wines. Um, but there is a certain part of new oak. Um, of course, it needs longer than you. You need to give it more time in the barrels and finally in the bottle to, to balance the, 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 the oak treatment or the, the influences of the oak. That's so true. I would imagine like um, a Zweigelt um, in stainless steel probably would not put a little chill on it would be really nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. This is yeah. really nice. Yeah. <laughs> Go, going back to a little science, is, is Zweigelt uh, predisposed to any disease? Do you need to worry about anything specific? 
like all the others too so uh it's nothing nothing special actually uh there is uh in, in our region we have uh the meldew the classic meldew the, okay um which is a big big topic but it's uh it is not um weaker than others are. It's not a big problem. Uh, the only thing we have uh, with Zweigelt is um, that is sometimes uh, having there's a, a certain uh, kind of uh, problem with the final ripening and the grapes are then not getting ripe but they are dying during the end ripening and getting um, like you, when you when you touch them you feel that they are starting to get down, and then uh, oh. they are not—they are not ripening anymore. Uh, you cannot use them. You, you have, but you really have to touch them to see it. This is why we're doing 100% hand harvest because um, you can only feel it when you touch them that they are not completely healthy anymore. They are not rotten. They are—they look fine. They look healthy and fine, but they are uh, somehow some why not final ripening and getting yeah finally die um this is nobody really knows why it happens mm -hmm. it, it doesn't happen every year some years you have more some years there's nothing um yeah maybe we so think each it's cluster is every is, is really tlc you know Tender loving here, they feel each cluster of grapes as they pick them to see, make sure that they're okay before they put them into the bin. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's really important. Yeah, mm -hmm. wow. Yeah, that's really important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are really sour and, and not, not ripe, tasting not ripe as the others. Um, it's some, some, we think it's a lack of, of certain nutritions, uh, but it's, it's not completely sure why it happens some years and why not. Yeah, I have read. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. That's <laughs> I I just gonna say I had read that um, during the ripening phase they're very um, potassium. Um, uh, I don't know uh, dependent on potassium, and there's a lot of the the amount of potassium in the soil needs to be kind of you know they're picky of how much potassium is in the soil. So I was gonna yeah. ask, is that what they think is the issue with it? Yeah, we had so many, we, we already did so many tests and everything. And um, finally, we didn't really found a, a rule why it happened some years and some not. But yeah, it, it might be something uh, because of that. And uh, the Zweigelt uh, grape itself, the skin of the Zweigelt is, is pretty thin. It's not a, a thick, hard skin. It is um, very thin. So... Um, you the harvest is uh, normally a little bit earlier not too late harvest because uh, this is why they are ripening earlier the grapes so we mainly harvest in the middle of september oh okay and i read that it, it harvests earlier than pinot noir as well same as pinot noir oh and yeah mm -hmm. yeah it's, it's when you know early ripening when completely like harvest when does harvest begin for you yeah, Typically. in the early mid of September. So Zweigelt okay. is all, is one of the earliest grapes we are harvesting. Actually, or we are starting with yeah. So we are just a few days, a uh, little bit other grapes, but uh, the main harvest is Zweigelt, and it's starting very early. One of the earliest 
grapes we, we bring into the cellar. Wow. And um, we had talked, you had asked, you know, what other Zweigelts that we've had. This is me, this being the first Austrian one. I've also had one from the Finger Lakes recently, and actually that's the only two Zweigelts that I've ever tasted. Where else is Zweigelt grown? Yeah, not that much. This is wondering <laughs> that you had a uh, Zweig from somewhere else. It is mainly grown in Austria. You find some Zweig in Slovakia, Hungary, so on the border, so next to us, uh, Slovenia. There is some Zweig in, in Germany already, but um, I don't know much more Zweig. I had one from Australia once, uh, <laughs> from the wow. cooler there. But yeah, I think it's, uh, it's just, the main focus is really Austria. And it's like some some cooler regions or you know we are warm in Austrian conditions but in, in internationally we are still cool climate here <laughs> and um, some cooler regions are testing or trying the Zweig grape because of its early ripening stages and the, the lower tannin structure and the lack of greenish aromas. So uh, some of them are trying to work with the Zweigelt too. But then uh, it is um, that it can be a problem uh, because it doesn't like uh, very humidic regions. So when you are next to next to the sea or the lakes uh, where really high humidity is, then it can be a problem with the Zweigelt uh, ripening because it, the uh, noble rot is starting quite fast. It is a big bunch. It has a, it is a very tight bunch, and the skins are very thin. So uh, the the rotting can start very fast in the middle of the bunch. Uh, where there's too much pressure on the on the single berries, so when they are somehow exploding, uh, it is starting quite fast, and, and and then you have to be quick for harvest. <laughs> um, so uh, we are a pretty dry region actually, and uh, we are pretty dry, especially in late summer and fall season. So we don't have the typical fall season rainfalls. It is one one of the driest sessions here and um, yeah this can be maybe a little bit tricky in other regions the humidity now you had mentioned that it's it's a easy to pair wine um, that's why I can go with so many different uh, foods and I can get I can totally see that so but I'm gonna ask you what's your favorite pairing with so I uh -huh. actually uh, pasta with uh, something uh, to make kind <laughs> because I think Zweigelt is a great uh, uh, food pairing partner with tomatoes uh, to make okay. the soup to okay. make to make those balls <gasps> and everything that. Oh. I was gonna make I was gonna make schnitzel with it tonight, real schnitzel, but I don't oh, know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going with tomato soup and a nice grilled cheese. Mm. Ooh, that sounds good. Oh, okay. This is not oh, game so on. We, we we traditionally drink Grüne Berliner with the Schnitzel. <laughs> so, is there is there anything that we missed? Um, you know that that you think, uh, Debbie? What is your favorite? We you know what we got away from? What uh, our fast five facts? Oh yeah. Uh, so if there's 
like what are two well we won't put you on the spot for five but what are two things about Zweigelt that somebody who's listening or viewing you want them to know when it comes to Zweigelt you're a Zweigelt (laughs) 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 I put you on the spot anyway (laughs) um yeah big diversity in styles okay for me so you can really have so many different styles of Zweigelt wines and uh great food wine so great to enjoy with some food and meat perfect perfect (laughs) i might have to change my dinner tonight from from schnitzel to some (laughs) veal somehow with tomato base (laughs) you can definitely try it (laughs) (laughs) where yeah. No, I was going to ask her that. No, you go ahead. Oh, uh, no. So tell everybody where they can find you online, on social media, and um, your wines are distributed in the States, maybe how they can get their hands on it. Um, yeah. So you, you can find us on the internet. It's easy. Uh, Netzel.com. <laughs> so like our last name.com. Um, the website is in English too. So you can get all the information in English too. Uh, we have a distributor in uh, import, different importers in America on the East Coast. So um, you can find all the contacts on our website too. Maybe that's easier now, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they are more than happy to help you out. I think it's easier now in America to send wines due to COVID. <laughs> it got a little bit easier. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we are on Facebook and, and Instagram, Weingut, let's see. Is our name like you said? Uh, yeah, you can find a Weingut Netzel actually, uh, the Austrian term for winery. Oh, okay. <laughs> and how, how do you spe- how do you spell that? Weingut. Yeah. W e i n t u t. Okay, and then Netzel, Netzel. So nice and easy for them to find you. <laughs> <laughs> And at the winery, if if somebody actually gets to visit um, Austria, do you accept visitors? Yeah, definitely. Yes, of course. More than happy if you ever come uh, to Austria. We are very close to Vienna, actually. It's uh, just 50 kilometers from the city of Vienna to us. So we're really close. There's a good train connection, too. And uh, just give us a call or send an email or whatever you prefer and, and let us know. And we are more than happy to welcome you here in, in, in the winery. My father is our tour master. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, bring him back on. Let's say hi. Yeah. Come yeah. <laughs> on, Dad. We can do it. <laughs> we can do it. <laughs> One of these days I'm getting over there. I might have to spend like the whole like month over between Hungary and Austria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we are right in the middle. <laughs> when when we were in, uh, what is he saying? Between Budapest and Bratislava and Vienna, we are <laughs> we um when we were in uh, Budapest, my husband and I took a train right over to Vienna and we did, we was so unorganized like we literally went to vienna for the day we took the train early in the morning walked around drank beer and turned around and got on the train and went back so i need to explore it a bit more 
In Vienna, yeah, yeah. With the train, it's it's not that close. Bratislava are quite close. They're just 100 kilometers, but Budapest is a little bit further away. Yes, 200 kilometers. Yeah, but the train went fast. It was it was fine. We'll do it again. <laughs> now that I know, now now that we know what we're doing, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, so much, Christina, for joining us. It was thank just the invitation. Awesome seminar. It was, and the wines are beautiful. And I actually did contain myself to hold just a little bit for a final virtual clink. Yeah, so yeah. thank you so much for joining us. Oh, Debbie's got both. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for joining us and for coming on to Wine for Bestry and for wrapping up our season two. Season two. Um, season two. So it was a great way to wrap it up. So thank you very much, Christina. And I will say, I don't know how you say, how you say, well, I say slancha, which is Celtic, uh, but I say cheers. <laughs> and you say? Post. Post. Okay. All righty. Take care. Thank you. You are so special. Even in the this has been another episode of Exploring the Wine Glass. Thanks for listening. If you have suggestions on what topics you would like me to discuss, please reach out on social media. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as Exploring the Wine Glass. I am also on LinkedIn as Lori Hoytbud. Of course, you can always email me at exploringthewineglass at gmail.com. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe to help others find me more easily. And most importantly, tell your wine-loving friends, because if you like the podcast, they will too. Music? Wine by Kevens. Until next week, slancha.